Hello, this is Gary Hutchins, minister with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska, and we welcome you to Search the Scriptures. We appreciate you tuning in to Search the Scriptures. We hope that you are doing so every day at this time. And we hope that you are being motivated, at least greatly, because you are realizing that you're actually learning the Bible on this radio program. We strive to do exactly as the name Search the Scriptures suggests. We get into God's Word, we dig beneath the surface, look at it in depth and in detail, and yet we strive to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your personal life. We want you to do more, though, than just listen to a radio program. We'd love to send you a free Bible study through the regular mail. We send it all over this area and across the country, literally. And when we say free, we mean exactly that. We'll even pay the postage both ways. Why don't you have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready? We'll give you all of the information how you can receive that free Bible study at the end of the program today. We'd also love to have you come and worship with us and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. If you want to find a church that teaches the Bible, we want to encourage you to come and worship and study with us. Now, you're not going to find a band. You're not going to find a theatrical production. You're going to find a church that simply strives to be that church that we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. We'll give you the times of our services and the address of our church building at the end of the program today. We hope to see you soon. It's good to be here today with Dennis Stackhouse. Well, thank you, Gary. This is a time I always anticipate with uh, a great deal of excitement coming and being with you and with our radio audience. And again, being able to look into God's Word in greater detail and greater depth, trying to determine what it is He wants us to be as His followers. Yes, yes. And we will, you know, mention that we're we miss Dwayne Kennedy. He's normally yes, with us, that's uh, right. but uh, due to a scheduling conflict, he could not be with us again today, and hopefully that'll be resolved, so we'll be back in our next program together. But, um, yeah, it, it's uh, really enjoyable to be together and to go through these studies for our listening audience and uh, to have so many who have responded, you mm-hmm. know, openly Yes. Uh, by contacting us in different ways and even coming and visiting at services. Many have. That's right. And we're thankful for that. Now, God gets the glory for all of that. Yes, indeed. And that's what this program is really about, too. That's right. Glorifying God. Now, Dennis, we have really gotten into a lot of depth in a study about Christ, and that is motivated, this particular study is motivated because right now, there are a whole lot of people thinking about their spiritual lives. And rightly so. It's, a, it's an area of life that we really need to pay great attention to, Gary. And there are some motivations right now that uh, a lot of people are finding are kind of spurring them mm-hmm. to turn to spiritual matters, mm-hmm. perhaps more so than they have in the past. Uh, I know some people they find themselves brought up in homes where they do have spiritual guidance, but then somewhere along the t- line, they leave home, they quote-unquote grow up, and then they get away from that spiritual training. 
And uh, they, they, one way they assert their independence is, uh, well, mom and dad made me go to church, you know, and now I'm not going to go if I don't want to. And, but then, you know, a lot of times those individuals later in their life, they find out, wow, I really do need God. That's right. That's exactly right. I'm not so big and tough after all. <laughs> yes. And, and so sometimes people will find themselves facing serious illness or debilitating injury or economic problems. You know, they've lost mm-hmm. a job perhaps. Right. And all of a sudden they find themselves in need of really serious help. Mm-hmm. And they start thinking a lot of times about God then. That's right. Well, I'm, I'm not glad for their, their difficulties right. and their misfortune, but I'm mm-hmm. glad something could motivate them to think about their spiritual lives. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's uh, maybe a, a situation where something negative can result in something positive. And that's the principle behind Romans 8 and verse 28, isn't it? Exactly is. Yeah. Uh, all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. Now, you know, Dennis, more than once I have had inmates in jail contact me and, and say, you know, uh, made statements like, if I hadn't got arrested, if I hadn't been put in jail, I'd be dead now. Yeah, yeah. Or somewhere along the line making the inference that because I ended up in jail, I started studying the Bible, mm-hmm. and now I'm learning right. about my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Now, nobody wants to go to jail. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but they're, they're talking about how even what we would look at as one of the most negative circumstances that anybody could face in this world, good can actually come from it. Yes, that's right. You know, and we can even think about some scriptural examples of that, Gary. Uh, you know, back in the Old Testament, we could look at Joseph and the life that portray that is portrayed for us in Scripture in regard to him. We know that he went through some rather difficult circumstances that ended up having him imprisoned. Uh, certainly, the charges were false uh, as we read that account, and yet. There he was in prison. But as we go further with the story, we find out that God made something good, something positive come of it. Yeah, and I don't think we're to understand that God guided everything so that he ended up in prison. No, not necessarily. I think God used his circumstances Mm -hmm. to work good to Mm -hmm. come. Yes, I think that's right. We can think about Paul and Silas in a time when they were in prison. And I guess you could say it was rather astounding uh, to the jailkeeper on that occasion that he found them singing and praying at midnight during uh, one of the times or one of the days that they were in jail there. Probably not something he really expected. And they were not just, you know, they weren't just locked in a cell as we understand imprisonment you know, in our country today, mm-hmm. it was probably, probably a pretty despicable 
place they were in by our standards, and they were not only locked in that compartment, whatever it was, but they were also chained, most mm-hmm. likely. Very likely. Okay. Yeah, and still singing praises and praying to God at midnight. Yeah. Look at something good coming out of something negative. Yeah. So I'm glad when something can instill within an individual the thoughtfulness to consider, you know, I need to be thinking about God. Mm-hmm. I heard of a uh, young mother just recently who made a statement, and apparently she had been, uh, you know, away from the church for a while, at least not real committed for a while, and had a new baby. And, you know, I was told that she made a statement, something along the line, that I'm responsible now for this little human being. Mm-hmm. And she started coming back to church services. Yes. What a great motivation. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm just glad something can motivate people to think. And then some of those who are going to thinking, who are going to think, are going to start making some movement. Yes, and uh, you know, thinking specifically about that incident you just mentioned, what a benefit for the other people involved, Absolutely. like that, uh, like that youngster. Absolutely, absolutely. Now we have been focusing on our relationship with Christ and trying to understand Christ better. Mm-hmm. We have seen that He is eternal by nature, right? that he was there with God and as God in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And in fact, not only was he there at the creation, but he was the creator. Yes. And that helps, uh, that that understanding comes from our realizing, it blends together with our coming to understand that, that even though there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, yet the three are one. Yes, one God. Right. Yes. And so we've looked at passage after passage that say he was there taking part in the creation, mm-hmm. everything being created by him. Other passages saying he is eternal by nature, always was, always will be. The Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and these descriptive identities uh, used both for God the Son and God the, the Father. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we see that equality, Philippians 2 and verse 6, uh, equal with God, the text, the text says. Yes, it does. And so these are incredible passages and ought to help, help us understand and appreciate all the more just who our Savior is. Mm-hmm. And if we can appreciate that, enough, then perhaps that can help motivate us to turn to our Savior. Yes, hopefully that's right, Gary. For the redemption that he brought Mm -hmm. to this earth for mankind. Let's go back and and read again the passage we left off with in our last program, and that is 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Okay. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the word, received up in glory. Who is being spoken of there, Dennis? Uh, Paul is speaking of Christ. And he, he speaks of Christ 
saying God was manifested in the flesh. That's correct. Direct statement, isn't it? Very much so. You made reference in one of our previous programs to Thomas's statement when he touched the hands of Jesus with the nail holes there and touched the side where the spear had gone in, mm-hmm. and then he declared, my Lord and my God. That's right. My Lord and my God. And here in First Timothy 3 and verse 16, God was manifested in the flesh. We read Hebrews chapter 1 and verses 1 through 3 where it talks about Christ being the express image of God, mm-hmm. the express image of God. And then Romans 9 and verse 5, where the Apostle Paul identifies him, describes of him, uh, describes him as being the eternally blessed God. Right. Again, speaking of Christ, clearly. Yes, it is. The eternally blessed God. Let's look at another one, Titus chapter 1 and verse 3. But has in due time manifested his word through preaching which was committed to me according to the commandment of God, our Savior. God, our Savior. Mm -hmm. Well, we're just reading these statements over and over again, aren't we? (laughs) That's right. Over and over again. And we're reading them from different writers. Yes, that's correct. In the same inspired text, Scripture, but different writers written at different times and over and over again identifying Christ as God. That's correct. Now, you know, I believe, Dennis, we could go on and on with this. But hopefully we have in these first several lessons of this this study, we have made the point adequately that Christ is God, God the Son. He is eternal by nature, Mm -hmm. full deity. Right. Now, if we can respect him, in that identity, then we ought to be able to recognize our need to turn to him as our Savior. Yes. Our Savior. In fact, that last verse you just read, Titus 1 and verse 3, identifies him as God, our Savior. He's our only Savior, isn't he? He is the only one. John chapter 3, verses 16. Now, most people just stop there, but let's read all the way through verse 18. Okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God." So God sent him that the world might be saved. That's correct. And he who does not believe in him as the Savior is condemned already. That's what we're told. What about verse 36 of that same third chapter of John? He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but... The wrath of God abides on him. It sounds like an either-or proposition, doesn't it? 
either or and the consequences of not believing in the son uh, don't sound very promising i don't think we want to take that alternative not at all he is the savior he is our savior he is our only savior mankind's only savior now we're not talking dennis about he is the only savior of people who live in the united states of america <laughs> no, that's not it. He, we're not talking about he is the only Savior of those who would profess to be Christians. No. He was sent to the Jews first. He was. And then his gospel message was proclaimed after that to the Gentile nations. That's right. He is the Savior of all mankind. All people. All people, everywhere, for all time. What about Romans chapter 5 and verse 8? Again, this is one of these very, very striking passages we have in Scripture. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. And, and I think the understanding we're supposed to get there is not only he died for us while we were still sinners, but he died for us because we were sinners. I think that's right. We did not have, in fact, if we read that fuller text, it talks about, you know, dying for one who you might love, you know, or you might care about. Mm-hmm. Some men would even dare to die for such an individual. Mm-hmm. But he died for us while we were still sinners. While we were still his enemy. And we needed him to die for us. We did. We needed that one time for all time perfect sacrifice offered on our behalf for our redemption. That's correct. And that could only be that could only be satisfied through the death of Christ on the cross. Without that death, we would be lost and without hope in this world. That's correct. Let's look at Luke chapter two. And let's read verses 8 through 11. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord is our Savior. He was the Savior of mankind then. He's the Savior of mankind today. It has not changed. Not changed. God has not sent any other Savior. From all indications, will not send any other Savior. That's right. He sent man's Savior one time for all time. Yes. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 14. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. The Father has sent the Son, God the Father sent God the Son as Savior of the world. That's correct. As Savior of the world to fill that specific role. What about Philippians 2 and verse 8? And being found in appearance as a man, 
He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He humbled himself, became man, specifically again, to go to that cross as man's Savior. Yes, he did. Same message over and over and over again. What about Colossians 1? And let's read verses 19 through 22. Okay. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So he came to this world and made peace, or at least made the opportunity for mankind to have peace through the blood of his cross. That is correct. Again, not talking about peace from war and all that stuff. We're talking about the peace that he, he promises, you know, as the Savior. We're talking about spiritual peace. Right. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, what's that talking about? Who would that be? Well, that would be anyone who is not committed to God, anyone who's living in the world, anyone who's still controlled by their sin. Okay. So basically, those who are still in sin, right. that's that, those are the ones he's talking about. Yes. And those are the ones he came to make peace for or to offer that peace. And then verse 22 says he has, well, the end of verse 21 says he has reconciled those or at least brought the opportunity for reconciliation. What does that mean, to reconcile? Well, if I understand it correctly, it's being able to bring someone back into a right relationship. And this right relationship would be with God. In this and case, how, yes. Yes. And how did he do that? Verse 22, in the body of his flesh through death. Yes. And there's the cross again. That's he right. died on that cross as our Savior. Yes. That's what he went to that cross for, to be that one time for all time perfect sacrifice. In fact, let's read that in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 27. Who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. He did that once for all, one time for all time, for all mankind. Now, similarly, in the ninth chapter of Hebrews, in verse 28, what does that say? So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly, eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Offered once to bear the sins of many. And that many would be everybody, all mankind. That's right. Now that's how effective he was in offering himself as that ultimate sacrifice. He only needed to do that one time. One time for all time for all mankind. The perfect sacrifice. Perfect, complete sacrifice. Absolute. Yes. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Now, 
Let's come back and, and this study in our next program and bring it to a conclusion and talk about how we need to respond to him mm-hmm. as our Savior. And I hope this is really helping our listeners because you cannot get more profound. You cannot get more pertinent for our lives today and in any generation than coming to the right understanding of these matters. If you'd like to study these matters more fully, right from the Bible, in the privacy of your own home, then contact us and request that free Bible study that we talked about earlier. You can receive it simply by writing to us at Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. You can phone us at 402-498-8397. 402-498-8397. You can email us at sunnyslope, all one word, S-U-N-N-Y-S-L-O-P-E, at Church of Christ, again, all one word, sunnyslope at churchofchrist.com. You can visit us on the web at www.churchofchrist.com www.churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link and you can make your request that way. And again, this study is absolutely free. We'll even pay the postage both ways. You can also receive a copy of today's lesson on CD also for free. And again, we'll pay the postage. Now, we'd love to have you do more, though, than just listen to this program and even to receive that Bible study. We'd love to have you come and worship and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We'd love to meet you and get let you get to meet us and observe a church that is simply trying to be the church of the Bible, nothing more, nothing less, a church where you can really come and learn God's Word. Bible classes begin every Sunday morning at 9.30, classes for virtually all ages, and all ages really do study the Bible followed by worship at 10.30 each Sunday morning. Sunday evening worship begins at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. And right in the middle of the week, a good time to stop and get your spiritual batteries recharged in the midst of all the busyness of what we do every week, midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. You're always welcome to any and all of our regular services. We hope to see you soon. Until then, read your Bible. And may God guide you and bless you as you study his word.